Welcome to the Legacy Pod. In episode 10, I was joined by Tommy Marquez and Sean Woodland, co-hosts of the Talking Elite Fitness Podcast. Tommy and Sean are two of the best known faces and voices in CrossFit and found huge success after losing their jobs during the infamous CrossFit media cull a few years ago. The guys gave a great insight into the challenge of building a business out of adversity and the realisation that having the freedom to control your own destiny brings its own responsibilities. This was a great chat with two guys who have found success because of their passion, knowledge and dedication. Enjoy the episode. Sean Woodland, Tommy Marquez, Talking Elite Fitness, welcome to the Legacy Pod. Thank you so much for having us. Excited to be here. This is yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Whew. Ah, pleasure, pleasure. Um, let's just get straight in. Obviously, out of the fire of the last few years, a lot of opportunities cropped up for a lot of people. How did this opportunity come to you guys? Um, a good question. I, I think it was, I think this was more, the podcast was more of an it was just a way for us to stay in the space and do something uh, that we could sustain at a level that was uh, acceptable to us. Because I think one of the things that uh, Tommy and I had been talking about going back to 2018 before you know we were completely and totally done with CrossFit, but we knew we were going to be done, is all right, how do we keep doing this uh, and sort of maintain a level that people have come to expect from us? Because obviously we were involved with CrossFit HQ and the media that they were putting out. They had a lot of resources to do that. And we knew that yeah. we weren't going to have the same amount. Uh, we toyed with the idea of doing you know, kind of a studio thing. We, uh, we, you know, we, and we kind of did that with Inside Elite Fitness where we brought that back with a group of people, but that, it just wasn't sustainable again because of the resources at the time uh, that we needed to devote to it. So it was the podcast made the, made the most sense. And that was something that Tommy has been pushing for a while. Yeah. And it was, you know, you needed minimal equipment and we just kind of, it, it just started it and again with the goal of not necessarily, I don't think it was a goal of, and I don't know if you feel differently about this, mm-hmm. but uh, of making it like something that would be a long-term thing, but just to sort of keep us afloat until yeah. whatever was going to happen with the sport happened. And then we were back to some sense of normalcy. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I think the roots of the, of this podcast happened started like, probably back in like 2013, 2014. Um, it was an idea that I kind of like tossed out and like, Hey, maybe we should start a podcast. Um, when we were at HQ thinking more yeah. along the lines of like a CrossFit podcast, it was something it was a platform that was growing. And it was something that I'd kind of found some interest in as a guy that like, I, I enjoyed radio, but I was on the borderline of like the classic, like radio I guess, generation and this yeah. more like serious XM radio, which is effectively kind of also morphed into podcast type stuff where, you know, you see podcasts towing the line and, and straddling both. And so I was kind of politely told no, <laughs> uh, back, back then I was like, Hey, this is a good idea. And everyone's like, eh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and you know, this is obviously before the expansion of things like Joe Rogan and the, the, yeah. the platform had really become, what it was. And so again, I kind of teased the idea somewhere around 2016, 2017, and then was kind of told that someone else wanted to do that. Someone that was above me in the pecking order. So they're going to do that first. And then, yeah, you, you don't get to. So yeah, 
then obviously when we weren't tied to CrossFit anymore, that kind of was like, okay, well, if I want to do this and this is something that I think could be a cool opportunity for us to try it out at least. And, you know, whether it's long-term or whether it's short-term or whether, like Sean said, it's just a way for us to stay involved and do so quickly with a high level of efficacy, then there's no better time than now. Right. Yeah. You know, we lick our wounds a little bit and then let's, let's do this because no one's holding us back at this point. And at the, you know, we, we are very fortunate to have a platform of, of fans and people that like the work that we did from CrossFit. So it would be kind of a disservice just to let that shrivel up and, and not, you know, start something that we could get involved with quickly and, and still provide a service to the community. And it's just kind of grown from there. So it's, uh, you know, obviously you can, I mean, we're, we're here on a podcast now, right? We can talk to the, to the expansion and the development of podcasting as a valuable form of media. And we just kind of were fortunate to kind of ride that wave a little bit. I mean, one of the things that I'm trying not to make it a theme, but you have to, you have to touch upon it. And it was, you know, I was very fortunate that Heber came on as guest one without looking at the negatives too much. It almost feels as if what happened freed you guys up. You know, you talk about the, maybe the being told, no, there's a hierarchy, there's an org chart. You can't do this. You can't do that. After you licked your wounds, how much did you guys appreciate that chance to really go and do something for yourselves? Uh, I think it, it took a little while just because uh, we were just uncertain about what this was going to be. You know, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, we, you know, we had to pay our bills. And, and, yeah. uh, um, and I think that once we got going with it and kind of figured things out, like if you go back and listen to our first couple episodes, you know, we didn't know, you know, we were just kind of winging it. Yeah. Um, and as we, got, <laughs> <laughs> as we got interest and as we kind of found out that people were listening and then we had some uh, companies that were inter- interested in sponsorship and, you know, we'd never dealt with that before. And, you know, Tommy's yeah. done a fantastic job of, you know, getting that organized. And uh, once that started happening, then it was like, oh, okay, there's actually something here. And, and yeah, we can talk about things that, that maybe we weren't able to talk about when we were with, with, uh, HQ, you know, there was just some subjects that were off limits. Um, yeah. and now we, you know, we had definitely had more freedom and that was certainly appealing. And then, uh, as it started to build, yeah, you know, you look back on it and you go, man, maybe that was kind of a blessing in disguise. I um, mean, especially now with the way that everything has worked out, it certainly was. Um, but it, it took a while, I think for us to get to the point where we, at least for me to be, to say, okay, yeah, this is a much better deal. But yeah. once, once we sort of, hit that, that level of, we had, we had some sponsors and then, and we would were getting some guests and we were looking at our numbers. And as far as who was listening and, you know, I was blown away. We thought maybe, maybe if we got to like, I don't know, a couple of years, we had like a million, that would be uh, like downloads. That would be unbelievable. You know, now we're, yeah. we blew past, we're in our second year, we blew past five, like a month ago. So that's, wow. that is, uh, that blows me away. And that's just, you know, makes me appreciate everybody out there who's listening, but yeah, it, it took a while for us to get there, but it certainly, I think we can look back on it and say it was a blessing. Yeah, for sure. It, it's, it, it's interesting to talk about the, the concept of being free, right? Like have, having that freedom. And um, I think everyone always, uh, and I don't want to say this inappropriately, but romanticizes the idea of like complete yeah. freedom, right? When the reality is that freedom without discipline is chaos, <laughs> right? And there's a reason why everybody's college or university house looks the way looks the way that it does. Right. <laughs> it, it, and I, I think that's a great that's example a because, 
you know, you finally get that freedom, but then you have to learn the discipline to understand that with freedom also comes a, a greater responsibility yeah. uh, pers- personally, individually. And that, it, you know, when you do have that freedom, there's no one else to fall back on except yourself. So it requires a great deal amount of personal discipline, uh, internal reflection and critical evaluation of yourself, right. To make sure that you're, you're on the, you're on the right path and what you're doing is, is what you intend. And uh, a lot of, a lot of those other little details and, and kind of like busy work that a lot of people don't like to talk about that. They yeah. just like to talk about, I have the freedom to do whatever I want, the create creativity, the flow of things. And, and I think, you know, Heber and Marcin can tell you that um, we can obviously, you know, speak to that in, in the things that we've had to develop and stay on top of. And it's once you're able to kind of refine that discipline, then you can kind of look back and be like, yeah, that was a, that was a great opportunity. We, we, we did right by that freedom and not just letting it go by the wayside or let it turn into just like this wild, wild west of just <laughs> yeah. you know, firing off in every direction. So I think we can say that now for sure. And it's just, but it's also one of those things where it's like, it's not a finite destination. It's something that we constantly have to curate and constantly have to make sure we stay on top of just because it's easy to get complacent. It's easy to get, you know, uh, take things for granted, you know, and it's yeah. e- it's easy for us to, you know, rest on our laurels a little bit, which, you know, everybody does from time to time because we all do want some security, right? We all want some, yeah. some level of comfortability and security. And you can sometimes you have to seek out the the things that are outside of that. Doing right by your freedom. That's a great phrase. And I think if, if ever there was a time that summed that up, it's probably COVID where you know, everyone talks about, I'd love to work from home. I'd love to have that freedom of not having to go to the office. And then you realize a few weeks in, a few months in, <laughs> homeschooling the kids. It's just, it's not what people thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I, th- I think there's, it's, it's all almost sounds oxymoronic, but like structure does provide freedom. Yeah. Right. In, in the form that structure does provide a level of understanding and predictability in your, in your planning to be able to then branch out and do the other things that we associate with freedom. Right. If like, if if I know every morning that I have certain things that that are non-negotiable in my life, you know, whether it's with, with our, our work, whether it's my relationship and things like that, once I know those, I can accurately account for them and plan accordingly to be able to go do fun stuff. Like, you know, to go, you know, jump on a buttery bros vlog or to go snowboarding for a weekend or do something that I want to do. Um, because I have done all the other elements of structure that allow me that freedom to. Did it help both of you guys that there were similar people in the same position, you know, such as Heber and Marston, and you're all trying to play off one another. You're all trying to take advantage of that ecosystem, but without the safety net of a corporation or a company behind you. Yeah, I think what helped us with with that is that Mars and Heber knew uh, some people. We kind of knew some people. We sort of all kind of rotated in the in the same orbit of yeah. different individuals, and so we could make connections. I mean, they definitely helped us out. I mean, I don't know if we've helped them out at at all, but just knowing them has kind of got, we were one step away from somebody who then wanted to talk to us. Uh, so that was certainly a blessing, and it was good that we could sort of. Uh, you know, I think about Charlie Doobie, who is the guy who was our producer at CrossFit and is now producing CrossFit content with his his company, Hamilton Road Productions. So 
he could kind of go off and he branched out and kind of did his own thing and started that company. And that opened some doors for us as well and continues to open some doors for us. So really everybody got, you know, let out of the, you know, kicked out of the nest, went out and sort of created their own thing. And that ultimately ended up helping everybody who was sort of in that position. Yeah. How did life begin for both of you? You know, what, what was the origins of, of your careers in media, sport? Like where did the, where did the motivation come for both of you? Um, oof. well, my, I, I would say the, from the sports side of things, it definitely comes from my dad. My dad is like, he, so my dad grew up in Southwestern New Mexico, small town, like his hometown doesn't exist anymore because it was, it was, it was right next to a copper mine that got flattened. So they told you, you got to leave and they just, wow. The rock. So, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> but he, he grew up as, you know, that generation, you, the neighborhood system was a little bit different in the United States. So he was outside playing constantly. Also, my dad grew up very poor. So you learn ways to occupy yourselves other than with, with things, right? You're physically outside yeah. playing, running around. So he's always been that way. He's always been very out, outdoor oriented. And so he instilled a love of sports for me and the physicality of sports and a lot of those, those things, both me and my brother as well. And, you know, he's... He being from New Mexico, he's got like a wide array of, of professional sports teams that he likes. Cause there's no teams that are native to New Mexico. <laughs> so he just kind of like has this grab bag of professional sports teams that he loves. And so I got to watch him root for all these different teams, bec not because he was necessarily tied to that location, but because he found things in those teams that he really, really loved. Yeah. Whether it was an athlete or something that he could really, that really resonated with him beyond just being from that location. And that's not to say that doing that is, is wrong. It's just different. And that's what stood out to me. And so he, I inherited those teams. I inherited that passion for sports. And ultimately that I'm a, I think I'm a pretty gen, like generally curious person when I find interest in something, I just like to like nerd out on it. And so that carried over to sports. And so I liked learning stats. I liked having water cooler yeah. conversations with people. And I liked I liked coming to conversations prepared and feeling like I had an understanding and wanting to be involved. And I'm a very, I think I'm a very people forward person. So naturally that evolved from a career in working with people one-on-one -on -one from a mental health standpoint in my previous career to using CrossFit as my own, uh, my own outlet for my, my personal mental health as yeah. well. Yeah. And then to also wanting to help people in that capacity too, to opening an affiliate, things like that. And to eventually catching the eye of some people at CrossFit in my ability to translate and dictate the sport. And so that started just as, you know, your typical PA job and evolved into as someone who was, you know, saying yes to a lot of things and being willing to be open and do a lot of different jobs, eventually finding an opportunity to speak to that in front of the camera as someone who's been in the community for a long time and, and share my knowledge and genuine curiosity and interest in the sport um, you know, through media and through production. Yeah. Mine was similar to Tommy. I mean, I, I inherited my love for you know, the, the teams that I, I follow and the sports that I love from my dad. Um, and I, you know, I played, I could, I played sports as, for as long as I can remember, whether it was, uh, well, soccer here, football, um, American football, baseball, um, yep. hockey, yeah. you know, I just, I was always playing sports, playing out in front of the house with friends. Um, and, you know, always love watching sports, always love like Tommy, you know, the, the knowledge uh, behind it and, and learning more about, you know, teams, players, strategies, things like that. Uh, 
And then when I got to college, I mean, it was obvious I wasn't going to be a professional athlete, so that's fine. But I was a, I was actually a film major when I first went to San Francisco State and quickly found out that that probably wasn't going to be for me because I, I just I looked around my classes and I said, you know, if this is the group of individuals I'm going to have to work with on a regular basis, this is not going to go well for me. So I kind of uh, uh, was looking for something else. And, and I, again, had always had an interest in sports. And, and I, I found that San Francisco State and to this day, this class is the only reason I ever got a job. There was a sports casting class there. And okay. The way it worked at San Francisco State University is that they were uh, here in the United States at the time. You know, you have your division, what's called Division One, and they are that's the big schools. Those are the schools that get all their sports on national television. Yeah. And then there was, you know, Division One AA and Division Two, and the farther down you went. And I think we were Division Two, and so there was like no TV involved with our athletics. So uh, we would get to broadcast our own games on, and I don't even think this exists anymore. Local public access cable television. Yeah, and. I got involved in that and, and I was still looking at it from sort of being behind the camera because I, I just loved making videos and shooting things. And uh, I took the sports casting class and turned out that I was, they said, Hey, you should do some of the on-camera stuff. I said, okay. And so I started doing some play-by-play stuff and uh, really learned a lot there. And that's how I got my very first job in television news, local station in, in the Montana, the upper north northwest corner of the state, which is you know like five people live there, but I didn't care. Like I got I got a job and I got to go do sports, and I was I was the sports department, and, and covered high school sports, and then I, I moved from there and got the sports director's job at the ABC affiliate in Tallahassee, Florida. Yep. There for a couple of years, then moved over to Jacksonville, which is east of of uh, Tallahassee in Florida on the east coast. Worked there for like nine years, and and that's really I think where I I, I learned really kind of perfected, I shouldn't say perfected, but learned the most. And that's, you know, I was covering professional sports, NFL football, PGA Tour golf, big time college basketball, big time college football, uh, NASCAR, you know, they had everything. There was a great opportunity. Got out of that uh, through a, kind of a, the, when the economy tanked in 2008, I knew I wasn't going to get renewed and that's what yeah. happened. Milled around in the PR marketing world for a little while. That brought me back to California. And then I went to take my level one, in 2012 in Reno, Nevada, which is about two and a half hours away from where I lived in Sacramento. And I went there and at the time I was getting into CrossFit and the games and, you know, watching the media they were putting out. And Pat Sherwood was one of the uh, instructors. At a break, I went up to him and, you know, I was, I remember sitting there going, I don't know if I should bother him. I said, you know what? Go. I went up to him, told, you know, introduced myself, told him about my background, said I was interested in getting involved in the media and how could I do that? Uh, and he said, send me your contact information and I'll forward it. Kind of thought he was blowing me off, but his yeah. credit, he didn't. I emailed him, uh, he forwarded it. And then a couple months prior, I had gone to the games as a fan in 2011 and I had seen the ESPN production that they had there. And I said, I have got to find a way to get involved in this. So I emailed the media department at CrossFit and never heard back. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I didn't hear anything for a couple months and that's sort of what I figured would happen. And then I think it was April or May rolled around and I got a call from Rory McKernan out of the blue and Rory and the media team were putting together a group to go broadcast the old central East regional, because that was going to be their warm up for the CrossFit games and asked if I would want to be involved. And I was trying to think of a word that was faster than yes to say, and I jumped on board and that was kind of the, that was the beginning of it. And then they hired me full-time in 2013. 
both are amazing stories, but it's a really, so my background was in journalism as well. I sort of started local newspapers, eventually graduated to uh, cover soccer, football in the UK before moving on. But I think other professional sports, they're harder to access you because they are so mature as organisations and sports and leagues. It's really difficult to access the elite level of that sport. The thing that fascinates me about CrossFit and, and people like yourself and anyone that's been involved, both either from a coaching or a participation or working for the organisation, it almost seems like the minute you show a level of willingness and you step through those doors, it seems like the the hobby of it melts really quickly with the professionalism or the passion to operate within a certain sector in, in that sport. The, the, what do you think it is about the accessibility that leads to all of these opportunities for so many different guys like yourself? Um, you know, I, I think it speaks to the overall CrossFit community as a whole, right? I think CrossFit by a fit as a fitness math methodology is very egalitarian, right? You know, it, it wants, it's like, Hey, if you have something good yeah. to, to provide here to the system, we're open ears, right? It's a little more, more open source as far as trying to pull information or at least, at least that's how it was designed. Um, it may not have, you know, and something may have been lost in application at various points and it may not always yeah. be the case, but you know, from a concept standpoint, it, it, the goal is to find fitness, right? And how you find fitness may vary slightly from gym to affiliate, but it doesn't make any one piece of information bad, right? If there's some value that you can provide, you know, we're going to, we're going to take advantage of it. We're going to utilize it. And so I think in that regard too, that kind of carries over to other elements, right? Like if I'm, if on a day-to-day -day basis, my training is very open-minded and open to possibility and open to exploring the different things that could potentially improve me um, in the gym. I think that mindset carries over to yeah. the media side of things too now, because it's, it's, it's all, it's a, it's kind of a worldview shift at first for a lot of people, right? Because so much of the world doesn't operate in that capacity. So I think a lot of times, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, empathy begets empathy in, in some regard, right? Like someone shows you that, that uh, a level of empathy and you're more willing to pay it forward going forward. So I think when yeah. you, you kind of forge yourself in the fitness realm a little bit more with those principles and ideals, you look outwardly in things like media and other elements that run off of that fitness methodology. And maybe it starts to rub off a little bit and, and carry over. I've, I've experienced that people have been very open to me and I've been very fortunate from that. I do want to say one quick thing that I want to give credit where credit's due. My, my curiosity for information definitely comes from my mother. Um, she, I, I just want to make sure I give credit there because she didn't get to go to college. You know, she was, a, she came yeah. from a, 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 a lower middle-class army brat family, blue collar. So college was out of the equation for her and she had to go right into the workforce, but she, that never stopped her from learning. And I think she instilled that element uh, for me. So I, that kind of came to me while we were talking. I want to make sure I give my mom credit. So. Yeah. I think another thing too, is when you look at the way that CrossFit has been you know, so open with people is that in, when you compare it to any other sports league, it is in its infancy. And I guarantee yeah. you, if you go back and look at like, you know, pick a league, you know, like the national football league, when they first started, they were probably just grabbing anybody they could to kind of get this thing going. Uh, and that was the, I mean, that was the same story with, 
with CrossFit. I mean, there's so many stories with you know, the infancy of the media department where it was like, you come here, you're doing this job, you know, yeah. and, and, and people just figured it out. And that's one thing that's cool about the CrossFit community is that the people who I think are drawn to it do have that ability to say, yeah, I don't know really how to do this, but I know how to give a good effort. So I'm going to figure it out. And I think from the media standpoint, those early days, I mean, they, they succeeded in spite of themselves. You know, they, they didn't know what they were doing, but there was just this tenacious effort that was displayed yeah. on, a, in, on a daily basis. And that's kind of got, that has gotten them now to the point where we are now, where now you're starting to see people who have more of a professional background in things uh, join on. You know, one of the first big things that they ever did, the media department did to sort of give them legitimacy was hire a guy by the name of Mike Roth as their director. And he has had years of experience doing other sports and you know, no one had ever done CrossFit. He didn't know, no one, there was no book on how to direct or present this sport for television. And he kind of had to you know, figure that out. So yeah. but we're at the point now where people have a, have more of a rudimentary knowledge. So you're not bringing in, you know, total novices anymore. There, there's a, and kind of building off of that, there's a, there's a concept that has kind of been kicking around in my head around, and it touches on what CrossFit teaches us, right? Is that we're capable of so much more than we originally thought. And yeah. sometimes our preconceived notions are just that and nothing more. And there's a, there's a, there was a study that was going around through from school age children in picking um, like class presidents and treasurers and things like that within their school. And they switched it from like this, you know, basically a popularity contest and like the dem democratic vote process, if you will. And they started basically giving out opportunities to become class president and treasurer to kids that otherwise wouldn't naturally jump at that. Maybe the kid who was a little bit more shy or who didn't have the most friends in, in class. And what they noticed is that when they were a little bit more egalitarian and providing those opportunities to people um, and kind of cut short the influence of like social public cult culture, I guess, that more and more people shined in those roles. Yeah. So like the popular kid in class naturally wasn't actually a great fit for being class president, despite what they thought, or like the shy kid actually really relished that role and took advantage of it more. So, so I think there's some of that, that kind of CrossFit has been a, a little Petri dish for that. And like when you provide people opportunity that maybe you might not have looked at from a resume, they can, they can do really, really well, or they can at least be serviceable in, in my case and, and create some cool opportunities. I was going to say, how much does that apply to both of you? Sean, obviously you had a really well-versed background in broadcasting and a pedigree there, but that doesn't necessarily prepare you for starting something on your own when you face that adversity of, of being cut and losing your job. How much did that, you know, either sink or swim mentality help you guys? I think it helped a lot. I've been, I've been through it a couple of times. I mean, the very, the first time or a couple of times that I have experienced it at a smaller level. I remember um, when I left my parents' house in March of 1997 to drive to Montana for my very first real job in television. And I just remember thinking today is the first day of the rest of my life. It's like, you make it now, like yeah. you're on your own now. Um, the second was when I, when I, uh, got let go from my TV job in Jacksonville and was scared to death about what was going to happen. That worked out pretty well. And then, uh, the third was, you know, what happened with us at HQ because, you know, I know Tommy probably feels the same way. I was at that place thinking this is my last job. Like I'm not, yeah. and I've I told Tony budding at the time when he hired me, I go, I don't want to go anywhere else. This is, I want to end my career here. Um, but I had, I had some experience in knowing that, okay, 
you, this is all right. You know, you're going to figure this out. And I was very lucky to have the support around me. You know, my wife would say to me, I don't want you to go just get a job you're going to be miserable at. Take some time to see if you can make this work. And I'd rather see you be happy with that. And maybe us, you know, have to cut back a little bit than you yeah. go be miserable on a daily basis. And then Tommy as well, uh, to be, you know, to have the vision to say, Hey, this is what we can do. And this is how we can make it work. I was really fortunate to have that. But the fact that we had experience that at least I had some experience going through that before. And then I think just the whole CrossFit ethos of just find a made a way find a way to make it work. Uh, and that, and, and I think that just, just doing CrossFit for me, uh, for the past I don't know, 14 years has really changed the way that I approach a lot of challenges. And I know that it's okay to not be good at something right away, that if you put in the right work, it's going to be yeah. all right. You will get better. There are going to be speed bumps, but they're not going to be there forever. And, it, and doing CrossFit workouts and training CrossFit has really helped reframe my perspective on that. And that certainly helped, I think, us sort of uh, gut through everything that happened. 100%. I, it's, I don't want to sound too cliche, but I think CrossFit, there's so many little mini lessons within the gym that we learn, you know, in terms of resiliency. And, it, and there's a, I don't know, there's a, there's a quote from uh, Jordan Peterson, he talks about like exposure to the things that we naturally wouldn't want to be exposed to makes us resilient and, and finding ways to, you know, push through those in the long term will make us better. Um, and that's, you know, paraphrasing obviously. And I think CrossFit does that, right? Like there are days yeah. you come in, you don't want to, you don't want to do thrusters. There are days you don't, you don't want to do pull-ups. There are days you don't want, you don't want to do this or that. And you're forced to anyways. And you come through on the other side and you're like, man, I'm really glad I did that. And you know, there's, there are moments in life. If you look back that you're likely to, to see that, like Sean said, like for me, you know, deciding to leave my previous career path and open an affiliate, like that was scary as hell. I burned through yeah. all my, I burned through all the money I have, I had saved for that and, you know, lived paycheck to paycheck to do that, you know, taking it, like doing everything I can to commute to HQ to make sure that even if I wasn't getting paid for that job that I showed up, and, you know, now getting let go from HQ, looking back and realizing like, I still, we still have a lot more to give and we still have a lot more that we want to do. And this may not be how we wanted to, wanted to, to experience it, but you know, maybe, maybe this turn of events and us getting fired is that, you know, open workout 14.2, which is what I, is my least favorite, probably workout on the planet. But you know what, every time I do it, I get better. So, uh, I, I just think that, there's a lot that is done to help prepare us, not by our, maybe not really even by our own virtue, but by the things that we've been able to fortunate to do like CrossFit for so long that have, uh, you know, help lessen the blow and, and, and toughen us up a little bit. There's a question I'd asked Heber, and I don't think I communicated it properly at the time. Um, but the point I was making was when the cuts came and we can just talk about this and then we can move on to sort of what you've been doing the last couple of years. But when those cuts came, I remember sitting at work I was maybe only a year, six months into CrossFit at that point. And me and my buddy, it, you know, we felt as if, oh my God, what's happening in CrossFit? It had no impact on our lives. It had no bearing whatsoever, but it felt as if something was happening to this thing that we really enjoy doing. It obviously had an impact on your life, but how much did you guys pick up on the fact that the community that you worked for or worked with Everyone was feeling it in a way, even though it wasn't affecting their paycheck, it wasn't affecting their day job. Everyone felt somewhat impacted by it, which is it's a bizarre concept. Yeah, I mean, 
in a weird way, that's like at, in a in a sense that that is like really the most you could ever hope for as a like a media creator, right? Like the the reaction and the 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 impact that it had on the community. And I wouldn't want to wish it that way normally, yeah. but it shows that what you did matters, right? Like we we create things because we hope that it matters to people. We hope it has an impact. And by, you know, this roundabout way, like us getting let go showed us that what we did actually mattered to people and what that it did have the impact that we were, maybe not the impact we'd hoped, but some level of impact where it was, it was worth us not giving up and sticking around to, to kind of see that through because, you know, those people supported us then they supported us now. And, yeah. and you know, that's that, that kind of symbiotic relationship is, is shoot, that's better than a lot of, a lot of relationships you can look, reflect back on in your life and, and, and see what kind of value you got from. So it, it meant a ton. Yeah. I think the CrossFit's all about community. And you know, when you go to your, your, your gym, you know, you have the people there and, you know, you see, you see them, but there's, there's something cool about being connected to a larger ecosystem that's worldwide. And I think when the, the plug got pulled on the media team, that sort of connecting fiber between affiliates went away. And, and also I think that, that people always loved to celebrate the best, you know, and, and watch, you know, the really unbelievably fit athletes who are competing at yeah. a super high level, knowing that you're not going to be that and knowing that you, you can still get equally as excited about someone in your gym, getting his or her first pull up or muscle up or being able to handstand walk for the first time. You know, those are all unbelievably great accomplishments that we can celebrate, but there's, I think there was something fun about being able to come together as a worldwide community and watch the best in the world compete and keep up with their stories and you know, find find those athletes that you enjoyed uh, cheering for, and then also there's something just cool about seeing something that you're super passionate about being presented to a larger community uh, in a very professional manner. So when when people who are CrossFit fans see the games on network television or on ESPN, that sort of validates what they're doing yeah. and makes it feel kind of cool. And that mm -hmm. got taken away completely. And I think that that's why people felt that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. completely, completely. And, and one thing, one thing we've talked about, uh, you know, from time to time is uh, like one of the things that I've always believed is that the CrossFit community at its best is this gigantic, beautiful mosaic, right? So many different pieces from different walks of life that all come together to form this bigger picture. And I thought that, and I always believed that what we were doing at the media team in some ways was helping connect those pieces, right? Like either providing the glue or helping, helping organize that, 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 that larger picture so people could step back and acknowledge all of those little things. Like, um, and it was crazy because I felt like, and I think that touches to what Sean said is that suddenly we felt a little bit more disconnected, you know, and we had to find new ways to try and connect people and, and keep that picture together. And, you know, the, the landscape has since changed tremendously, even since yeah. we were let go in the last year. And I think we're still working back to finding what that what that beautiful mosaic of CrossFit is going to look like, you know, for the next year, next two years, next 10 years, hopefully, and, and beyond. That disconnect certainly doesn't exist anymore with you guys when you reference the, you know, the number of downloads that you've had. Looking at the, the positive side and what you guys have achieved since that happened, explain to me once you got over the, the fear of how do we pair bills? Like what has what the ride been like for you guys? It must have been it must have been so enjoyable, so terrifying, so everything since it since it happened. 
It's been a, yeah, it's been a blast. Um, it's, it's certainly turned into a job, you know, and there's a reason they call it a job and not fun. I mean, we, you know, we got to work on it. We have a blast yeah. doing it. Don't get me wrong, but there are, you know, we were joking yesterday. It's like, you know, we need people, you know, we like people say, you know, my, you, my people will talk to you. I was like, we need people to just handle yeah. this stuff that we don't, you know, like budget stuff. You know, I actually yep. have to keep a budget now. We have to, you know, follow up with sponsors. We have to have those calls. And again, we are blessed with fantastic sponsors. We love working with, and they are great to us and, and, you know, treat us really well. And we love yeah. helping them out. Uh, but that was stuff that we didn't think about when we got in, but it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's just cool working, you know, not, not only with someone you, know, you, you look up to as a professional, but someone who's your friend. And uh, it's just, it's been crazy. Like, like the, the reaction we've gotten from people and, and, you know, being able to, I think maybe have more fun with some things and, and, yeah. and do, you know, do more entertainment type stuff and, you know, opportunities that have, that have, that have been opened uh, to us to, to go have fun and go do different stuff. Like Tommy going on the road and, and doing that road trip for the games two years ago, you know, that yeah. was great. And then going and seeing a lot of the sanctioned events that you had and, and us being able to co go to Ireland and do the filthy 150 and be involved yeah. with the middle yeah. across the challenge. You know, those are things that we probably wouldn't have been able to do had we been still employed by, uh, CrossFit HQ. And then I think it's also just been a confidence builder for me that, um, knowing that, okay, if I, if there's a challenge like this, we can figure this out. We can make this work. We're going to make a lot of mistakes on the way there, but we'll get there yeah. eventually. Uh, and yeah, I think it's just been, it's been a blast. And you know, I, I, I did not think this is what it was going to be when we started. <laughs> Same. I can echo, <laughs> echo those sent, uh, sentiments, but there's been some really, like, like Sean said, there's some been some really cool, like and almost kind of like pinch me moments, you know, like, man, I didn't think we'd be here. And it always looks different every time. Like Sean said, like we're sitting outside of an RV at the game <laughs> one year and everybody's wearing our shirts mm -hmm. and we're all taking photos together with like a bunch of pool toys and stuff like that, like yeah. hang, hanging out. And like, we're going to do that, like that kind of cool stuff. And, you know, uh, I'll be honest in, in, a, in a little while, we get to interview someone that, <laughs> that we never thought we'd probably get to yeah. interview from, from a franchise that, from a, a movie and a show franchise that is like huge. I mean, you can see the helmet on Sean, Sean's desk and it's, it's, there's a lot of these little moments that came about as like, well, there's no way we could have foreseen that. Right. But it's almost like a, it's almost like one of those, like fill your cup up moments where like, you're like, man, I never knew what was possible for this, but we just did it and we kept going. Imagine what, could be next, you know, what else could yeah. be on the horizon if we keep pushing and keep doing this and, and keep keeping our head down and, and, you know, keep working at this thing. So it's that, that makes it like really exciting. That makes it really fun. And, and it's hard not to reflect back on that and be super grateful, right? Because it's very easy. And this is always the question that and we talked with Heber and Marston a bunch about it. It's one thing, like I said, it's easy for people to support you when you have this like massive corporation and all these bells and whistles yeah. and this, this huge media effort behind you. But, you know, like I said, it speaks to the community's generosity and kindness and a lot of the people that supported us and supported Marston and supported Heber uh, when we were down, you know, when it was just us and we had to kind of reprove ourselves again and, yeah, uh, they, they were patient with us and letting us sort through our natural process. And, um, that, I mean, that means a lot that that's about as good a vote of confidence as you yeah. can get. I just remember that year we were, you know, we were at the RV at the games 2019 and we had, we printed up these shirts. We're like, maybe we can sell a couple shirts, which we, you know, we found out later was we weren't supposed to be doing, <laughs> but we did it anyway. <laughs> uh, and I saw someone like walking around 
with one of the shirts on. I went, Oh my God, someone actually bought that. That's so cool. You know? And Uh-oh. it was, uh, it was neat. Like it's, it's yeah. you know, and I remember going to the mayhem classic and seeing a guy with a shirt on. It's like, wow. Um, so yeah, that stuff, it just still blows me away. And I'm, I'm still so, you know, I get filled with this sense of, uh, you know, gratitude whenever I see someone doing that or whenever someone comes up to us and says that they, you know, love listening to the show or they say they're a fan. Like it just means, it means so much, you know, and, and that's why I miss, you know, being at events. Cause I just love talking to people. That's what made, yeah. you know, Philly 150 was such a great event, but what made it, I think so enjoyable for us was were the people there, you know, the people were, were awesome. There's a lesson to be learned in everything that you've said there, because the easy thing to have done at the time would maybe be turn your back on the industry, turn your back on the sport. But it seems like there was no other possibility that you were going to find your place in the space. I mean, if I had been 20 years younger, it probably would have been a different story. But I, yeah. you know, I'm at the point in my life where it's like, I'm not starting over. You know, I have no other marketable skills than, you know, <laughs> than this. And that's even debatable. But um, I just, you know, I, I remember when it first happened and, and Tommy had a, had a little more time to, I think mean, you, you were like further ahead than I was when I, when I got kicked out. And yeah, there were times where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's stupid. You know, forget this. I'm going to go, you know, go to the fire Academy and do that. And, but then, you know, you, you realize like, like my wife said, you're not going to be happy doing that. Yeah. You know, go do what you've been so lucky to, and I have been to have jobs that have, I've loved and a career that I've loved and that not a lot of people are that fortunate. And I just, it was sort of like, you go back to sink or swim. You know, I was, I was already down that going down that hill. Like there was no jumping off the ride at that point or, or, or jumping out of my skis. It was like, you're going to get to the bottom and figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, it, it may seem like that, but like there were definitely, definitely oh, yeah. moments of doubt. Like, immediately after like there was a lot of feeling sorry for ourselves and like man what do i do you know like like sean you know mentioned like the fire academy it's like well maybe do i try and like i don't know i've I've had this like side idea that's the seed that's always been in my head about like going into the police force in my hometown because of the 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 i guess the social racial tensions that occur there and i'm kind of a I'm kind of a blend of that. So I've always wanted, that was always something that like was in my mind. And I was just like, oh, dude, do I do that? Do like, I, but you know, it's like, there's always that thing that's like CrossFit still had its hooks in us, you know, and it's like still pulling us there. And, um, and, and I guess in retrospect, it was inevitable that we would stick around in the space, you know, but like in, in that moment, if you talk, if you'd like, and I got, I got, I got laid off in October 15th of 2018. So if you'd, if you'd talked to me October 18th and been like, so what now I might've <laughs> just like crumpled it, crumpled to the ground because like I had no clue and, yeah. um, and it felt like I didn't know and, or, or there was no, there was no path forward. So it's, uh, it, 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 it is nice to reflect back and see how much that has changed too. Is it too easy to say that you guys had, the foresight of what the sport was becoming and what the opportunities were becoming, or would you, you know, could you be honest enough to say that you had no idea that it was going to explode even because even over the last three years, it feels like it's gone up a few notches. You know, I, I think when we, so if, if you're talking about feeling that way, when we left, I think we were really concerned about the future of what was going to happen. And there was talk when we, so even before we had left CrossFit HQ, 
there's many, and some people have probably heard of it. Many people have probably heard of it. The company IMG. Yeah. Uh, they, they own the UFC and they're, they're a worldwide company. Now at the time of late 2018, when we were going through all this, there were talks that they were going to pick up the media production for the games and actually kind of take over the sports side of it. And we were hearing that, okay, you know, one day we would go into the office and we would get news like, Hey, it looks like this is going to happen. And then everybody was feeling good. Cool. They're going to hire us. And it seems like that's going to go well. And then we'll just go work for them. And, and this sport will continue to, to grow. Then the next day we would show up and it'd be like, yeah, that deal's probably not going to happen. It's like, okay, well now we're, now we're unemployed again. And it was just sort of this yeah. roller coaster. And that, la- that roller coaster lasted all the way, I think into April of 2019. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, it, so basically we were, we were more of just like, let's stay afloat. Let's stay relevant so that when this does happen, we're still in the space and we're top of mind. Yeah. So they will pick us up and, and we can you know, forget about doing podcasts and then we can go back to doing what we've been doing. Um, so I, I think it was really the opposite. We, we had, at least I did, I had genuine fears about what was going to happen to the sport because with no media and you know, no organization, and just kind of being left out there in, in the in the cold, you know, just to blow in the wind and let's see yeah. what happens. That is not a recipe for success for you know anything, let alone a sport that had just started to, I don't want to say become mainstream, but at least become a lot more legitimate to the point where it was being put on network TV, at least yeah. here in North America. Yeah. I, one, of, one of like the core things that like gave us pause and gave us like a cause for concern was the fact that, up until what June, July of last year, the owner of the company did not like the sport. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say like how successful is, you know, a student going to be in a classroom when the teacher doesn't like them and isn't making any effort to help them grow. Yeah. You know, And, and so that's, that was the kind of the case that was the impetus for us being laid off in the first place. And ultimately that you know, it was the impetus for a lot of things that people saw as hindrances to the sport, as far as developments and decisions that were being made, um, that kind of radically changed the landscape there for a little while. And so, I think at the time, you know, while that back and forth is going, you know, there's there's like this looming idea that like regardless of what we do, regardless of what we believe and how how strongly we feel, the person that has the final say either doesn't care enough or doesn't like the sport and could sink it completely with, you know, with one sign of the pen. And so, you know, now that we're out of that and we're almost the exact opposite, you know, a little bit of that, a little bit of that faith and that enthusiasm and that spirit has been um, restored despite the fact that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Right. You know? So, I mean, that alone should tell you something that if like people are the general optimism around the brand and the sport is, is on back in the right direction in the midst of something, you know, that our humanity hasn't seen in a century. That, that is one of the things that I hold on to, you know, when I close my eyes at night that I get excited about when I wake up. You say it's almost changed completely, but ultimately you still have one person in control of the company. Do you hope that at least the lessons have been learned from how, that the owner Eric Rosa carries himself, yeah, and and what he believes, or do you think there's going to be structural changes somewhere down the line where there's not just one person is in charge of the entire sport? 
Uh, I think that you, Eric brings in a really good knack for growing a business the right way. You know, obviously he's done it before. Um, and understanding that he needs to surround himself with good people and listen to those people. I've certainly gotten the sense that he is doing that. And just by you know interacting with some of the people who are in his orbit, you, you can tell that yeah. he's getting good people around them and listening to them. And, you know, same thing with the board that he's put together. Uh, I don't think from the, 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 the one conversation that Tommy and I have had with him and the sit down we had with him and the time that we were able to spend with him, I don't get the sense that he's like, it's my way or the highway. Now I do yeah. think that he's, you know, he wants to make money and he wants to run it as a business, but he will take input from other people and he will listen to other people uh, to help guide his decision. And the other sense that I get from him is that again, he's going to run it as a business. He wants to make money, but I think he is also interested in doing it the right way. So I think if, and this is completely hypothetical, I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine if he were presented with two options, like this is the quick and easy way to, to make money. This is the way that is probably the right way, but it's going to take a little bit longer and you're going to wind up in the same place, but it, it won't, you, the payback, the payoff won't be as immediate. He'll probably choose yeah. a longer, more correct way. I feel like he genuinely cares about people and about CrossFit and about doing the right thing uh, and about spreading the message of health and, you know, believes in the sport and believes in the media. Uh, so I am very, I continue to be encouraged by the way that, that he is doing things. And it's not only by the stuff that I'm seeing happening, but it's just by the stuff that we hear when we talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would, I would echo that sentiment as well. It's, um, it's just, it's one of those things where like in, in talking with him, you can tell that like he, he operates at a very high level. And he operates at a very high level in a variety of things, you know, at, in his life, whether it was being as a CEO, being, you know, on multiple boards of, of, you know, successful companies and things like that. And the kind of more I dug into it, the, it's impossible to do, to do that and do it effectively without being able to build the team around you that you trust yeah. and that you believe can execute um, accordingly. And, and, you know, delegation is such an important part of that. And, you know, that's, that's something that I think can make CrossFit successful in a lot of ways for some of those things that is being able to, I guess, um, bequeath power and decision-making and, and things like that to people that have, that also have that same vision or have the, the best interest of the community in mind will make it successful in the long run. So we don't feel like we're at the, we're kind of floating in the wind at the mercy of one person. So um, and, and nothing that I've seen from him so far has made me think otherwise. You have such a good knack, Tommy, of throwing out these little elegant phrases every now and then. <laughs> He's, yeah. Tommy's enjoyed the vernacular. <laughs> I look at you, I'm like, where'd, you, where'd that one come from? <laughs> I, I, oh, man. I, I spend a lot of time stretching now that I'm a master's athlete, so I have to, <laughs> I have to, I have to think when I do that to distract myself yeah. from the pain. Well, wait till a couple more years, you'll think about it and you'll forget them later. <laughs> Oh, so in, in terms of you you two guys, what, what's next? You've obviously had a, a really good ride for the last few years. You're, I guess you're trying to build a sustainable business that can grow at scale as everything else grows. You know, you obviously, it didn't sound like you set any real goals when you began or maybe you did, but now that you've reached these milestones, where do you go from here? What's the what's the targets? Man, that's a good question. That's a great I, question. We've, we have any... We, we've kicked around some things like, Hey, what if we did this? And then it's like, okay, well, I don't know if are we gonna have time to do that. Like, are we going to be able to do that? And a, a lot of these ideas were kicked out 
during the, the, the time of uncertainty when we had no yeah. idea what the sport was going to become. Um, I know that we want to continue doing the podcast and us getting back involved with some of the media production uh, with Hamilton Road Productions that they're doing for CrossFit HQ yep. was that we were able to continue to do this. And so that's great because we love it. Um, we think that there's, even though CrossFit's getting back in the space with media, which I think is fantastic, uh, I think there's still a, a, a space for it. Uh, my hope is that we can help continue to grow and uh, cover the sport that we love. And I'm really excited about what it's going to be this season and, you know, even beyond because I, you know, I know that that Eric Rosa is not looking at this like, well, if it doesn't work this year, then we'll just forget about yeah. it. You know, I, I, mean, I think he's committed. He's committed long term to it. And, you know, if the opportunity were to arise for us to to uh, expand the talking elite fitness banner to include more stuff, I think we would we would do it. But we you know, we want to do it the right way. We just don't yeah. want to do it. Do it. Um, and we've had some conversations with a few people about you know, maybe doing that. Uh, but again, it kind of puts us back to where we were. It's like, all right, well, how do we do this? And we figured it out once. So I guess we can figure it out again. So <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's, it's just one of those things where I, it's funny enough. I think the, the, the mindset that we had early on is, is still very much app, applicable today in that if we want to do it, we don't want to do it at a level that, or quality that, that we think is unacceptable yeah. or yeah. below where, where we think the, the community deserves. So I think, you know, we, we have our, we have our hands in a couple of different pots right now in terms of being able to cultivate those things. So hopefully that continues. And, you know, in, in the very least, we know we can record a podcast <laughs> each week. So, yeah. And, you know, it's something like more is not necessarily better. And that's something I think that we talk about better is better. Yeah. Um, but more, it's just like training, you know, more time in the gym is not necessarily better, better time in the gym is better. And I think that's the 100%. approach. We're taking with us, so. Amazing. Well, listen, I know you have a big guest coming up. So um, I want to say thank you because the whole pay it forward thing, you know, what Pat Sherwood did for you back in the day, you guys have helped do for me. Um, oh, you didn't have to pleasure. respond to me. So thank you so much. Oh, we love doing this. And, and again, it's like we legitimately enjoy speaking with people in the community. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, always a, it's always a pleasure. So thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity and definitely stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Please like, subscribe, and share if you enjoyed this episode. And I'll be back next week with another great guest.